Hi, this is John Barnes, and you're listening to Cop On. Wow. In the Aeneid, Virgil, the poet, wrote these lines. He said, the gates of hell are open night and day. Smooth the descent and easy is the way. But to return and view the cheerful skies, in this the challenge and mighty labour lies. And I'm delighted to be joined by Jack Mack, um, LFC, and by, by Nigel as well. This is an absolute pleasure to have you with us. Um, I mean, you know, Virgil talked about the, the challenge and mighty labour to return from hell. And it was that kind of match, Jack, because it looked like it was so, it would have been so easy for us to drop points there. But we didn't. And all credit to the lads. I'm buzzing with the three points. Yeah, thank you very much, Percy Owen. Thank you very much for having me on. Uh, and Reds, yeah, it was it was hell and earth in certain moments in that second half. But come what the end of May, like, like all Reds, we know it's not going to be easy if we are to win our number 20th. But yeah, we'll speak about West Ham a bit later, mate, but it was a professional performance yet again. Got away with it in certain moments. I think Jürgen spoke in post is in his post-match. A lot of credit does have to go to West Ham, but we got away with it in certain moments, which we'll speak about tonight. But yeah, happy to get the three points, mate. And as I think all of us are quite giddy, and rightly so, because West Ham have been absolutely tremendous this season, and we've already seen the revenge tour from Liverpool in recent weeks and months. Um, Leicester beat us, and obviously West Ham did beat us already this season, but revenge is very much sweet, and uh, hats off to West Ham as well. Very magnanimous. Yeah, you have to hold your hats uh, way off. Doff them, not just doff them. I don't know, just, uh, you know, bow down, curtsy, Nigel, to them. Because, they were, I mean, they were they were really good. But the XG, according to InfoGoal, said that we had 2.10 and they had 1.53. So as it was in November um, in the London Stadium, we were the dominant team overall. So would you agree that we deserved the three points despite their glaring misses? Yeah, we probably did. But how many times have we deserved points before and not gotten them? So many games. Do you remember that game against, against Sunderland when we were supposed to be going for the title way back and we couldn't score? We had about 40 shots and we couldn't hit the target. If we were still there, we wouldn't have hit the target. It was... Um, <laughs> uh, it just it just didn't look like it was going to happen for in those some of those games. Now we have a different mentality, I think. Um, Sadio got in like he he wasn't having the best of games really at the time, but you can't you just can't keep giving quality players chance after chance after chance. West Ham had a few chances. They had like they had some really guilt edged chances. You'd expect our we'll say f- four of our strikers to be hitting the target with all of those shots that they all of those chances that they had. It was crazy. It was crazy. And how are your nerves, Nigel? Because mine, mine, you know, it feels like they've been through a shredder. Yeah, very much so. Um, uh, last minute tackles. Uh, Trent made two or three great blocks, cleared one off the line. Uh, Naby Keita went running back at one stage and made an incredible block. Robbo had tried to get back and Keita came on the outside or on the, on the inside of the guy. Robbo had slowed him down sufficiently so that Naby could get in and just Put a, put a foot in the way. That's the kind of things that win your games, win your titles. Excellent stuff. Absolutely. Alan's in the chat as well. He said, hard work today, lads, but them are the games that win leagues. Salah trying too hard today. Trent was awesome. Yeah, great comment from Alan there. Yeah, absolutely wonderful. Um, yeah, Jack, I mean, the, the uh, you know, the... Uh, the way it panned out, there were plenty of heroes. Nigel talked about, you know, Cater, that last-ditch tackle, Trent off the line. There were heroes everywhere. Um, who are the heroes um, for, for you today, Jack? Yeah, Nigel, spot on. He took the, way, the names out of my mouth, really. Uh, they are like goals. Uh, the, the way he celebrated the Aiden Klopp after the game, it, it has to be Trent, mate. The, the, the assist... Obviously, for the goal, he admitted in his post-match it was a shot, but uh, he'll take it all day long anyway. 
but yeah, strength for me, and as Nigel alluded to, obviously Naby, the track and back, especially defensively, I think he does very much get criticised quite a lot, and rightly so, because there's, there's certain passages of play in certain games like we have seen this season that he needs to be a bit more alert, but today it was a two-on-two on that counter-attack and uh, he'd done absolutely superb to really get back into the position and pretty much narrate that or you or you there's a lot more out here in terms of statisticians out there that probably narrowed down the xg in terms of the angle in which he positions himself him and him and andy robinson but yeah it was a bit quiet for salah um as 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 obviously alan's already alluded to trying too hard but diaz another electric game only thing that was missing today was a goal, like it has been the last couple of weeks. But I think as soon as he does get, obviously he already has scored for Liverpool. But I think when he gets in that more, more of a rhythm in terms of front in the front of goal, I think he's already scored 17 goals already this season for Porto and Liverpool. So it's just a matter of time when he does get that consistency in in terms of front of goal. Could have had an attack today on another day, but we'll take a one nil. Um, but yeah, tremendous, mate. Um, but hats off to a, a big performance by Naby Keita, um, especially for me, Miss. Yeah, Naby, lads. I, it, it was brilliant. That tackle was going to, you know, with, with Robertson, who does get the faintest of touches on it as well, it was a double effort that's going to uh, live long in the memory. Um, yeah, absolutely. You mentioned Luis Diaz there. Um, five shots from the Colombian, none on target, unfortunately, and one key pass from him. But he looks like, you know, again, Nigel, that we've, you know, unearthed an an uncut diamond because he's still, yeah, he does need to get a bit, you know, more clinical, but it's so exciting to see him every time he gets the ball, the heart, the passion, the way he makes slide tackles, the way, you know, he's, he's busting a gut every game. I love the guy. I love watching it. Uh, what did you What did Fantastic. you make of Luis Diaz? Fabulous. Um, the goals will come. The goals will come. When When you hear, when you see in front of the cop, he's running with the ball. The ball goes away from him. West Ham get, player gets a foot in, goes to another West Ham player. Next thing, Diaz is coming on the opposite side of him, taking the ball off the edge of his toe on the edge of the box and winning us possession. You mind me, like that, that foul and that run in the first half when he went on the, on the Maisie run and turned the whole West Ham defence into pretzels. They just couldn't get near him. Um, and that was a yellow card as well. That was that was definitely a yellow card. They, they flattened him. And I think, they, I, think I, I don't think he booked anybody. I suppose he was about 50 yards um, behind everybody else. Yeah, he booked Dawson for the, the first challenge, but he booked Zuni hacking him down at the end. But yeah, that was yeah. it. That was some superb, superb uh, bit of bit of action there. Uh, absolutely lovely. And um, Alan was saying in the chat, um, as Tom is here as well. Hello, Tom, um, who's joined us. And um, Alan was saying that Salah was trying a bit too hard today. Uh, Nigel, staying with you. I mean, Mo Salah ended up with six shots, three on target and one key pass. But a lot of those shots were quite speculative, weren't they? Um, I, I, In his defence, I thought it was very difficult for him because he had, uh, you know, the usual three, but even four people um, immediately rushing around him as soon as he touched the ball. So it was a frustrating afternoon, but I thought he looked he looked dangerous. He almost scored, but his touch let him down um, just before the last touch he had was, uh, you know, could have could have been a goal. Uh, but uh, yeah, Mo Salah, Nigel, I don't know. I, I I don't like I don't like the things people are saying about he's trying too hard. Normally, if, if people are not trying hard enough, fine. But if he's going out and busting a gut, and it just it just isn't isn't happening for him. He but he did go out there today and bust a gut. He tried his hardest. Um, like what's what's the, the definition of trying too hard? Someone going out and giving a hundred percent on the field? I don't think so. I'm not buying that. I'm not buying. I'm really not. I don't, you don't, I don't think that's you, you're not, you don't think he's been a bit too selfish with his with his play. He could have laid it off more. Nah, no, no, that's more. That's more. He does what he thinks. He what he thinks is right. If he thinks he's gonna have a shot, have a shot. All the strikers are the same. Like if if if, like if he it. thinks I he like can it. lay lay one off, it's it's as simple as that. It's just. Like he hasn't scored whatever amount of goals, a hundred and something odd goals, and he's a ninth in our all-time list by by not be, by not being selfish or being selfish. Not invited. He didn't have a good game today, but that's that, saying that he didn't try. He, he tried. He was trying too hard. Not a, not a, a valid not a valid reason for me. I don't think so. Very interesting. Very interesting answer. Yeah, I'm inclined to agree with you. I've got to say. I mean, you know, um, the the trying too hard thing. I mean, it, it does exist for you know. Um, 
at times when he just he seems to snap at shots. So he did that. I can see where people are coming from when they say that. But um, you know, in terms of like giving his all for the for the team, you're absolutely right. He's a credit to himself um, and his family and all of his loved ones and the club. I mean, he's a wonderful, wonderful human, isn't he? As uh, as Brendan would say, wonderful human being. Gary Richards is here. Hello, Gary. He says winning ugly uh, is great. What seller wasn't at his best today? West Ham finishing. West Ham's finishing is why Liverpool won tonight. Yeah, maybe, maybe they could have done better, but I just think it was the rub of the green. I mean, you know, that moment with with Allison Jack when he scuffed his clearance, it didn't lead yeah. to anything. You know, whereas in November um, he was blocked and there was a you know there was a hand pulling him down and the referee didn't see it and he ended up scoring an own goal in the fourth minute. So you know, yeah. like. It just just little 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 things went our way today, um, but uh, yeah, I mean, what you know, what what did you think of uh, you know, Allison was just I don't know, are you getting a bit annoyed with the fact that he's you know turning into, I mean, he makes mistakes pretty often now in terms of with his feet, without his feet, he's unbelievable. He made some great saves today. I'm not mm. I'm not having a go or anything, but just those moments where you just want him to spank it up the field. And he doesn't. Yeah, you create your own luck, don't you, mate? And I think all of us, we've watched enough football in our lifetimes to see that you can't play the perfect game for a full 95-plus minutes. It's impossible. And um, There will be opportunities for the opposition, and, uh, and whether they take them, it's down to them. But you create your own luck, I always say, in football, in terms of if you're in the right areas and you have enough chances, like, like Salah tonight, if you keep on being persistent, eventually that takes a deflection or one of them shots goes in. So for me, it's Ali is Ali. We know what you get. Um, he's a world-class player. We all know that. Um, but that was I. not many teams, and I think it was Trent or Robbo said tonight in the post-match, not many teams come to Anfield and pull four attackers up front at Anfield. Uh, and and of course with the West Ham press and 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 they limited the limited the angles in terms of not allowing Liverpool to play from around the back. Um but Ibu and Van Dijk marshaled the game very well and even Trent to an extent. Um but that's Allison and that's how Liverpool and the top teams around Europe, if you wouldn't everyone knows how we play. It's high risk football and it, we've got what well, seventy that was our seventy first goal in the Premier League tonight and yeah, it, it it puts us on the edge of our seats, but that's the way Liverpool play, and that's what we used to play in the seventies and eighties. So it's exciting, not for us sometimes, but it, I wouldn't have it any other way. <laughs> no, superb answer. I mean, we, you can actually start us off because what we're going to do, we're going to go through the team and give us give us some player ratings. So you can, what would you give uh, Allison out of ten? For me, uh, seven. Um, I don't want to be too. Um, but I think, as we mentioned, yeah, seven for me. Just in terms, of obviously, Trent, I think I felt he'd done well tonight. Obviously, a lot of will be talked about, obviously, Trent hooking off the line, but the angling of a goalkeeper, uh, I'm too small to be a goalkeeper anyway, but in terms of when you watch a goalkeeper, it, Alisson tonight, he come out at the right time, could have easily just took the legs of, obviously, it was uh, Lanzini or Fonals, whoever it was, but the angling, like we have seen against Spurs a couple of weeks ago as well, yeah, a seven for me, mate, and it's a good seven. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I, I, I would give him an eight for that moment where he ran out because he was onside, wasn't he, Vlasic? I'd give him an eight. Uh, what would you give him, uh, Nigel? You're holding up seven seven fingers before? Yeah, yeah, i give him seven, yeah. <clears throat> Did all right, nothing wrong. Well, apart from the one that he okay. slipped, but he, he, he didn't really... Have, well, West Ham should have given him more to do, I think. Those chances, your man blazed over the bar. He made it, it was a half-decent block. And then Lanzini, I don't know what he was doing. You try and get your foot down over the ball like that, and he just went straight up over the bar. Like, I mean, no decent contact at all. You know, you've got to be hitting those. Top class strikers would bury those all day. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Maybe he was confused because he was in a defensive midfield role. And got, <laughs> he got, I don't know what it what it was, but uh, yeah, I don't know, rush of blood or something. But uh, no, yeah, okay. Let's move on to Trent, uh, Nigel, because Trent at right back. I mean, wow, we've mentioned some of his work already, but you know, in the first uh, two minutes, that long ball from the free kick for the offside yeah. to, to to Mo Salah yeah. putting Mo through, and Mo was really unlucky not to score. Uh, it was a very good save, very good goalkeeping, experienced goalkeeper. 
happy um, that, that kept that one out. But Trent, I mean, some of his passing was outrageous. Um, his running, you know, was was superb. Five key passes, yet again, the most in the team. We say that pretty much every week. And 81.8% passing accuracy. And you've got to give him credit there because recently, because I've, I've, we've been looking at him and we said that he hasn't been at his very, very best because he was down at 69% passing or 68% passing recently. So it was absolutely superb. He's back at, back at 81.8%, 123 touches of the ball, the most of anyone on the team. Defensively, uh, one tackle, two two interceptions, one clearance, one blocked shot, and one flying Batman thing that also helped to put Lanzini off. Uh, so what would you give Trent out of 10? I'd give him an eight and a half. Okay, why? Eight, eight and a half. I'd give him a nine, but there was a couple of little issues there, a couple of little slips that nearly let them in. So that was that was all. Other than that, his passing is ex- exceptional. His crossing is exceptional. Just a couple of little switch-offs every now and again, but for every player gets that. So, but just I, I give him an eight and a half. He was brilliant on the ball, fantastic delivery as usual, impeccable. Excellent, yeah, great answer. Okay, um, yeah, and then uh, Ibu Konate. Ooh, he had his work cut out for him, Jack. Um, Ibu, uh, yeah, what did you make of Ibu? Solid game. I, I know, obviously, Antonio got in a couple of times tonight, but it was an enticing battle between the, both of them, very athletic in terms of a, a Premier League player. It was probably one of my favourite battles I've seen in the last couple of weeks in terms of opposition. Antonio, he's, he, like we've all seen, he started the season off very well. And obviously this season, last couple of weeks, he's not been up there. He has been injured a couple of times this year. But yeah, I, I've not seen certain attackers cause our centre-halves that much trouble that they've had this season, uh, tonight. Um, so I, I give Ebo a seven. Um, he was on his toes, as you would expect. Um, obviously defending about four four West Ham attackers, but yeah, I give him a seven, mate. It's a good seven as well. Okay, great stuff. Okay, a seven. Yeah, um, fair enough. Seven and a half. Seven and a half. Why is that? Yeah. Why you go? You go shading it. Why? Why? Because Antonio got a couple of runs a couple of times, and he just stayed with him and outpaced him. Antonio's a big handful. There's a lot of people going to struggle with him this season. And Ibu handled them pretty well. I like it. It amazes me how, how quick he is, boys, as well. Any, I think, obviously, yeah. uh, I didn't watch a lot of RB, RB Leipzig, but both him and Van Dijk are physical specimens. Really. It's crazy how quick they are over the, over the, over the ground. Especially considering their size, you know, they're, they're, yeah. they're, they're absolute monsters, two of them. I'd be terrified. I mean, OK, Antonio is also a you know a huge guy, so maybe he's not not as scared as I would be. But I'd be terrified facing them. I, I don't know. I I just I just quit. I, I just you know not bother. Uh, you know, but uh, yeah, Virgil Van Dyke. Um, well, no, I'd give Ibu. Um, I'd give Ibu something like a. I'd probably give him an, an eight. You know, because because there was that time where Antonio went inside in the first half and that was that was quite a bit too easy uh but that was a bit of inexperience of playing against someone like Mikhail Antonio who's a wonderful player um so he got skinned there but after after that as you say like he wrestled well I thought John Moss unfairly penalized him a few times but he stood up. He was he was strong, and he he dealt with what 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 West Ham had to offer, especially Antonio. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, you know, he, he's he just loves it. He loves defending. He loves that sort of you know dirty fighting defending, uh, and that's it's brilliant from Ibu. So I'm going to give him an eight. Um, but yeah, okay, uh, let's uh, let's go to and Andrew Robertson. Wow, three tackles. Um, no, sorry, sorry, sorry. Virgil, Virgil, let's stick with the centre back. Sorry, uh, no tackles for Virgil, of course, because he doesn't need to. Uh, no interceptions, three clearances. Um, offensively, uh, he had one shot or header on target, I can't remember. Um, and 89.6% passing accuracy. Uh, his passing, um, he had uh, um, uh, eight uh, attempted long balls, and six of them were accurate, so that's really good. 
um, 77 passes in the game. But Virgil, despite all the stats, there's something just beautiful about watching him, Jack. I mean, I'd give him, I'd, he was my man of the match. I'd give him a, a 9.5 because, you know, when, when all everyone around him was losing their head, he kept his. And he was, I mean, you know, the, the Virgil poem at the beginning of this, we, we talked about, you know, how it's easy to slip into hell, especially if you're a defender. Uh, but to come back from 14, from the hell of 14 points behind Manchester City in December to now where we're looking at the cheerful skies of only three points behind. Virgil's a huge part of that. He was massive today. Um, I don't know. Do you disagree? Do you agree, Jack? What do you make of Virgil? Yeah, no, I agree. Mate, obviously, um, Sue was talking about us and Alan Hansen playing centre half, and and uh, they were talking about how he doesn't get angry. It's, it it emphasises how cool Van Dyke is, but I think that's part of his whole persona, really. How he how he approaches games of football, really. But yeah, it's he doesn't need to make ta- tackles when his positioning's so good, isn't it? Um, we only had one scare today. Was when he headed it straight to Bowen, played him through one goal with a lovely air through ball. <laughs> um, but yeah, apart from that, um, what I liked the most, especially I forgot to mention about Ebu and the whole defence, especially Allison, in terms of dealing with the crosses, uh, I felt Van Dyke he didn't allow like we did at the Olympic Stadium. We we allowed ourselves to get our bellies tickled and rolled over. Um, West Ham, uh, as well as Liverpool, are up there in terms of stats-wise for most goals scored on set pieces this season. So Van Dyke, colossal Man Mountain, whatever word you want to call them was excellent, especially in the aerial dominance today. It was a massive key in why we come away with three points. But yeah, I'd give him an eight, mate. Uh, I think, obviously, room to improve in all these ratings. Um, but yeah, a very good date. And Virgil van Dijk is Virgil van Dijk. You run out of superlatives very to describe the man. <laughs> I think it's a joy, because I think he's really one of the best defenders uh, anyone's ever seen from any club ever. And it's just a great joy watching him um, every single time. I'm trying yeah, to it's a quick one there, Owen. Yeah, on. Sorry, mate. I've just seen uh, a stat. If anyone out there. Uh-huh. Uh, most unbeaten home, unbeaten runs in, in the Premier League uh, for the single club. Uh, Van Dijk has beat that record. 60 uh, appearances at home. Uh, beating Lee Sharp on 59. Excellent. And obviously, Sean Ray on 42, so... Great stat, yeah. Thank you so much. So 60 games undefeated at Anfield in the Premier League. It's mad. That's a mad stat. I mean, Lee Sharp, he must have been on the bench for most of those 59 matches. He came on for like five minutes or something like that. But uh, but yeah, I think, um, yeah, Nigel, what did you make of uh, Virgil van Dijk? I'm not sure Lee, Lee Sharp was only on the bench, by the way. That's right, that's right. Yeah. Um, we're going to alter the, the rating system for Virgil van Dijk. From now on, instead of giving him numbers, you just put Virgil van Dijk, Virgil. <laughs> he got Virgil on, out of just, 10. It's, it's Vir- yeah, yeah, it's Virgil. There's no, <laughs> there's no out of anything. It's just Virgil. Simple as that. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, he's in a league of his own, isn't he? Yeah, okay. Absolutely. And what about uh, Andy Robertson today, Nigel? What did you make of yeah. him? I thought Robbo was good today. I would definitely, I'll give Robbo eight and a half. Um, thought he was... Very, very good. Uh, up and down the line again, as usual. A few little minor things with passing and stuff like that, but everybody had that today. But uh, got back when he needed to, made a couple of fantastic blocks, uh, helped everybody out. You know, just Robbo being Robbo as well, I suppose, but just excellent again. Yeah, he was. He had he had three key passes compared to Trent's five. Um, so he was the second best in the team. Um, uh, 73 passes in total and 90.4% passing accuracy. Uh, which is second in the team. You'll find out who's first in a in a short while. Um, but Andy Robertson, he was brilliant, yeah, defensively and going forward. What I liked about his passing in the is when he picked people out, you know, because because West Ham were you know begging us to cross because they had you know four massive centre backs against you know either Luis Diaz or Sadio Mane or or Mo Salah, normally two of those three in the box. So they were absolutely begging us for cross to cross it in the usual way. But he didn't. He tried to pick people out. And I loved that. I thought that was a really smart thing to do. Uh, anything to add on Andy Robertson, Jack? 
It's kept Jared Bowen. I know Bowen went off injured, but um, he's been one of the most electric players over the last couple of weeks for, for West Ham. He's the most salary of their team, which is might to be said, but composed. Uh, and obviously, we've already alluded to the top of the show, that opportunity, him and Naby closing that gap. So, yeah, I go over an eight, eight and a half, yeah. It's intriguing to see our defenders do defending. We're so used to them going forward. Um, but <laughs> I think Robbo and, and Trent were laughing after the post match with Sky. They were like, Yeah, we can defend <laughs> when we want to. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, and a clean sheet, but yeah, it was a, a great performance by Andy Double. Eight and a half for me, Miss. Eight and a half, superb, superb stuff. Okay, let's move into the midfield then. Fabinho, the anchor. Um, I thought he did, he did pretty well. Uh, you know, turned out of trouble at the right times, uh, played backwards at the right times, played forwards as much as he could. Um, you know, he had 88.9% uh, passing accuracy. He's pretty good. Uh, one key pass, uh, three out of three accurate long balls, which is quite interesting. So that's, you know, well done for him. Perfect for that. Uh, and two tackles, one interception, no clearances and one block for Fabinho. Solid game, uh, but, you know, nothing particularly brilliant, Nigel, for me, uh, for, from Fabinho. What did you make of it? Uh, I, I thought Fab did well, yeah. Uh, he made an absolutely amazing block or a tackle, actually. He was run. He was. Oh, is that my internet or is that Nigel's? No, no. Just took him away, took the ball. Um, you know what you're going to get with Fab. He just does the simple things really, really well. Uh, yes, he does. Yes, he does. He does it. Yeah, I, we lost him for a moment there, but you came back. You came back with a bomb. Okay. Excellent <laughs> stuff. I don't, it's fine. Um, excellent. <laughs> Uh, yeah, he was. Yeah, he was keeping things simple, keeping things moving. Okay, so we'll give him a seven. Why not? Um, uh, but Naby Keita, he was wonderful today, um, Jack, because I thought Naby Keita, I mean, despite the fact that he had, uh, you know, one shot and two key passes, defensively, he had uh, one tackle, no interceptions and no clearances, according to um, whoscored.com. But he had... Um, ninety-five point two percent passing accuracy, which, when you consider the the melee and the the maelstrom and the the madness of that midfield battle, uh, that's quite an extraordinary number, isn't it, Jack? To to keep the ball that well in midfield. Yeah, ab absolutely phenomenal, mate. In terms of, uh, I've been wanting this performance from Naby. Um, not that he's been playing bad when he has been inconsistency in terms of his own performances, obviously injuries over the last couple of months, but especially to do it, Declan Rice, I think West Ham was a massive miss, but uh, Naby rose to the occasion, as you said, there, the 95% passing accuracy, did hardly ever lost the ball. I think you just mentioned Fabinho, sometimes certain moments within the first half, very sloppy, but Naby rose to the occasion, really, and, and uh, as we've already mentioned, the defensive output, I know, it, it's those those moments. You know, I didn't have a lot of them, but in terms of what I've been wanting from a personal point of view from Naby, is, is more switched on in terms of like the Atletico Madrid game away. Certain moments within games this season, he's not been there, but tonight he was absolutely in the right areas at the right times, and that's all you can ask for. Um, that Naby tonight made every aspect of his game was superb. Only missing a goal or an assist, but that's just all me being greasy. But everything apart from that. It was my joint man of the match with Trent. Sorry, we've spoiled the man of the match, but yeah, no, no, um, no. Yeah. He would say it whenever you he like. Was yeah. He was superb, Nabby, Nabby lad. Yeah, <laughs> Nabby lad, Nabby lad. No, but it's interesting, isn't it? Because you said I stay with you, Jack, because you talked about the the goals and assists thing. Um, I think Klopp really wants him to be. You know, this was very much the Genie Vinealdum role today just to keep the team ticking over and to keep th keep things simple in, in possession and, you know, harry them and try to win the ball back when we lose it, try to harry them as quick as you can. And I think it's that, I mean, I don't think we should expect goals and assists, you know, mm. from, from Naby these days. I don't know. What do you think, Jack? Yeah, it's an important key there. The main man, the Spaniards in our team, Diago, we know how much he's had an impact in Liverpool since he's come into the club, but... He played that, yeah, it's the Gini role, the Thiago role. He dictated the whole tempo uh, today's game when we were on the ball. So, yeah, it was important. And I think when Thiago isn't there, it's important that Naby, like today, he steps in and, and we didn't look out of place, really. Um, you could probably say certain aspects of tonight's game. 
in certain moments, but that's just too being too nitpicky for me, from my point of view. But Naby, yeah, he didn't put foot wrong, and I think goals will come. I think when he plays more consistently, if he can keep that period of longevity in terms of him being available, I think we'll see the absolute best of him. And I think Naby, um, like all all the midfielders, all of them, whether it's Ox, Naby coming in, Thiago, Henderson, Fabinho, all of them will play an integral role. And we'll remember that game at Old Trafford. What a game. But obviously, he was superb tonight. Um, but, yeah, very, I'm made up to see it, especially coming from Naby. Uh, when he is staying fully fit, it's just always it's always a great feeling when he plays well. Excellent answers. Yeah, thank you very much, Jack. Do you have anything to add uh, on Naby Keita, Nigel, or do you want to move on to Jordan Henderson? I do. No, no. I, I, I. Well, yes and no. Um, what I'm going to say is that our midfield players, whoever is playing, say there's a with the, whatever three that are playing. Uh, I try and always kind of look at them together and how they work within each other, like a cog. If Naby is doing something, Trent is dropping in, Fabinho is dropping in, or whoever else is dropping in, Ox is dropping in, Thiago is dropping in, pushing on. Our midfield works as a unit. And if something isn't quite right, it doesn't really function quite as well. There was a little few moments today. Well, the, the ball not sticking up, up front all the time isn't a great help to them either. But I thought they all did well today as a unit. Um, that's, a, that's a decent West Ham side. I, what, what Jack said about um, Bowen, I really like Bowen. I think he's fabulous. Um, one of the most improved players over the last three, four years. Uh, if I was going to sign, there's, there's two players. If somebody said to me, you can sign two players from any premiership team. The two players will be taken, N'Golo Kante and Jared Bowen. I think Kante is outstanding, a great player. But I think Bowen has potential like Jota to be turned into an absolute world beater. He's very, very good. The only problem... I would have now is he's a very he's improved so much over the last two years that we'd be having to pay too much for him. But back to the back to the cog. Um, all the lads worked very well in sync today, and I, I think an overall eight for the for the midfield in general, I think, is is about right. It's a great answer, and I love it. I love the the analogy of the cog. I was thinking about pancakes because I'm uh, obsessed with food, and uh, yeah, the, the, you know you can't just enjoy. Your pancake with, uh, I, you know, for me, it's 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 not lemon and sugar, right? Lemon and maple syrup is, if you've got no time, lemon and maple syrup. So you can't, you know, you've got the lemon, you've got the maple syrup, you've got the pancake, and you've got the, you know, you have to think about the entire team that made the pancake and the the, the man who, who ground the grist and the flour. And it was Jordan Henderson today, Jack. I thought Jordan was was terrific. 89.6% passing accuracy from 67 passes, two key passes. And what I loved about his passing was the one-touch passing on a number of occasions, releasing Salah, releasing Mane, releasing Diaz. He was magnificent today, I thought, Jordan. Yeah, super. Based on, I think, over the last couple of weeks, is he always has to fight his... Critics, Tony. There is whatever. If Jordan Henderson went on, still won three Premier Leagues back to back, it'd still have criticism. Like you can never please certain people, like certain perception of the fan base. And I've been critical in the past, but he's answered all the questions. He's answered me back over the last couple of years. But hundred percent agree with you there in terms of he was one of the main reasons that we got three points, especially when he when it wasn't going well today. Henderson steadied the ship. It was like, right, calm down. Especially the last five to ten minutes. I think we all looked at the clock and we were like, oh, bloody hell, it was a long, long time to go. But <laughs> I was on my live stream. I think all of us were like, just slow the game down. <laughs> and you could see Henderson yeah. just telling everyone, calm down. You've got the crowd behind you. And you've got just, that's the experience in which he does offer to Liverpool and, and the quality on the ball as well. Like over the last couple of weeks, we've seen those through balls. There was a goal last week when it was on our third or second goal when he just threw ball, lovely through balls through the, the, the opposition team. And, and today he was in the right areas. He just allows Trent to go forward. And we all know, um, similar to when you talk about Van Dyke and, and, and Fabinho, they, they do their job so well, Henderson, like today. Um, but every area of the game stood out really. It wasn't really one demeaning factor, really. But yeah, a classic Henderson performance. And we need another 14 odd games of that. And I tell you, if he plays as well as he did today, we'll be in a very strong position. And Captain Henderson, um, there will be games like there will in the coming weeks and months 
where certain midfield selection will be in favour. But that's the, that's the beauty of what Liverpool have got. Now, we can play, as as we've already spoke about tonight, we can play Naby one week, Thiago, Fabinho in the six, and, and then you can mix and match. But yeah, Jordan Henderson, Jordi Henderson, whatever you want to call them, Captain Fantastic. Uh, I'd give him an eight, eight and a half for me, but... Eight and a half. Um, you know, as usual, I'm just too giddy with it all. I'm going to give him a nine. What would you? What would you give him, Nigel? I go with a collective eight for all three midfielders today. Okay. I, collect, okay. I, I, I just think they worked so well together. They can't really be be split, and they just they all did what job they needed to do, and we got there. Excellent stuff. Excellent stuff. Well, let's move on to the attack. Is there? We've, we've already spoken about Luis Diaz. So just quickly, what would you give him out of ten? I'd give him a, a nine point two five. Um, you know, what do you reckon, Nigel? Oh, definitely, at, at least a nine. Uh, he, fabulous. What a, when when we need an outball, instead of just kind of giving it to Salah sometimes for an outball, now we've got another one on the other side that gives us such incredible options. Uh, like, if, if teams are going to have to resort to chopping them down, like West Ham did today, there's going to be guys getting sent off all over the place. I said it to a friend of mine earlier on, Spurs stepped in to try and sign him and We've obviously been monitoring the situation and stepped in and just said, "No way, he's ours. You're not getting him. He's ours." So, and it's it's like he. I don't think he would have been uh, a Liverpool player until next season if Spurs hadn't stepped in and give us a little help and hand. Yeah, thanks to them, absolutely. Uh, it's it's great. And do you think, uh, Jack, something about um, you know when Diaz, Mane, and Salah, you know, learn a bit more about each other's games and they can learn which runs to make and, you know, to, to, to create space for each other, um, despite their strikers' instincts, uh, you know, to balance that with their strikers' instincts of, of taking everything on for themselves. Um, you know, as a front three with no Jota, with Jota on the bench or and no Bobby Firmino, I'm excited. I think Mane's really good in the middle. What do you make of it as, as a front three, Jeff? Yeah, well, Terradar just went to Southampton prior to his signing him, did he? Everyone remembers that game, that hat-trick game, the quickest hat-trick in the Premier League. Um, he's, he's getting used to it. There was a couple of sloppy balls from Mane, but he's playing, he's probably played in his career, as I said, Southampton, but in terms of if you're an opposition defender, they were all crap in the pants. And a lot of opposition defences will be. You've got Sol on the right, Diaz, all of them interchanging. None of them really have a fixed position. There was a couple of times today, and when I went the game against Norwich as well, you can see the certain players, whoever it is, up front, they all interchange and interlock. And, and that's what you want. And the top elite teams do that in Europe. And you're asking why Johnson to Mark Mane one bit. And, and the whole that's what makes the unpredictability of Liverpool's forward line. Uh, we have um, we have Joss to come off the bench, and obviously Bobby Firmino, Bobby Dazzler is not fully fit, but yeah, um, he's getting used to it, Mane, and he's getting the goals. He's getting there, he's getting up there with a uh, obviously. I think he's he's is he third or second highest goal scorer in the Premier League now? Joint so, second, yeah, with 12 yeah. goals, yeah. Yeah. So apparently he's having a bad season for the second second of the fan base, but yeah, long may I continue, Marnie. Uh, but yeah, absolutely phenomenal. I give him a yeah, I give him a nine because it's obviously the goal as well, mate. It was super. The goal was brilliant. I love the goal. I love the goal so much because it's anticipation. Nigel, you've seen football throughout the years like we all have. And, and you know, the amount of times that someone skews a shot across the goal, there's absolutely no danger. There's no striker there at all. Not even there. Not even in the box. And the goalkeeper put, puts his arms out wide and, you know, the ball just rolls out for a goal kick. And everyone thinks, well, that was uh, much ado about nothing. But then if you get Sadio Mane, he was so alive, he's so intelligent, he's so quick-minded, quick-witted to run off the back of the defender. And he gets his reward because it turned out to be a, a magnificent pass, even though it was unintentional, from Trent. And, and, and it's that I love about Mane in the nine. Plus his hold-up play, the way he was jinking around and keeping the ball really well. You never know which way he's going to turn. He played sensibly he played sensible passes i really like him there i really i can see a future where you know uh, maybe he, he's lost a yard of pace so maybe that's you know give him a new contract and stick him in the middle what do you what do you reckon nigel 
I think it's a great place for him because if you look at the goal today and you look back a few months, it just came into my head just as you were talking when he was playing down the middle. Atletico Madrid. Remember the second goal against Atletico Madrid at home? It was a scuffed shot. Keeper looked like he was going to get the ball. He's waiting on the ball. Next thing man is in, nipped in, ball in the bottom corner. Intelligent. He might, he might, he may have lost the yard of pace, but it's the Kenny Dalglish factor. Half a yard up there, and it's just he, he just he's he's getting he's becoming a better player, a more intelligent player. Um, that's that's as simple as that. We, I'd like to address the the attack uh, as I kind of addressed the midfield today. West Ham defended as a unit. They played three centre backs when they had the the ball in front of them. When we had the ball and we were attacking, they became a five. They sat the two fullbacks back. Our, a lot of our attacks are based on our fullbacks getting round the back. And we couldn't really do that today. So the service was going to be limited and we were going to have to try and get balls in as crosses or work a space like we did for the goal. But if, if you see us before, Robbo was getting going down the wing or Trent is going down the wing. And we, we get behind the fullback and cut the ball back for someone to slot it into the goal. And uh, we couldn't do that today because of the way the West Ham defended, which was a, a deep line five when they had the ball and they did it very well. Yeah, great point. Exactly, exactly. So, you know, every, if every goal is a treasure, the goal, the winning goal in a 1-0 win is, is I mean, that's the uh, the Koh-i-Noor, the star of India. That's absolutely beautiful uh, from, from Sadia. So I'd give him, yeah, I'd give him a 9.5 uh, probably, you know, up there with Virgil. And uh, Trent, I don't know what I gave him earlier, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna mark him up because I think his performance is just sinking in. How good he was! I'm gonna give him a nine point five. Uh, so yeah, they're all they're all three standouts today. Um, it's been it's it was. Well, I mean, what a brilliant, what a brilliant three points in terms of the context. Then think of the context of that three points. It's the Manchester derby tomorrow as we're recording this. Um, Jack, uh, you know, surely I've been speaking to Liverpool fans today. Some of them have admitted, uh, you know, at least on on WhatsApp groups that they're going to support Manchester United tomorrow. I can't do that. Give me a draw. They can get a draw. That's what I'm hoping for. What do you reckon, Jack? Even if City do get the result, mate, if Liverpool win all our games this season, um, we win the title. And if we get a lot more bigger goal difference as well, then we win the league, mate. We just got to keep on winning our games. Um, I wouldn't put a, a mortgage on. I wouldn't even put 20 quid on United winning tomorrow. We see in Everton, ah, he said they played well, but they were made up that they got beat by City because they, they stopped on Liverpool winning the league, aren't they? Um, and it would be the same with Man United. Oh, yeah, we've lost, but... It's the thing, all the top four teams, Wolves got beat today, top four teams need to win for themselves. As much as it helps Liverpool when, when whoever City are playing week by week, as long as Liverpool keep on grinding off the results, mate, we just got to focus on ourselves. And Jürgen said after the match, rightly so, we said, I think Schlen smiled. Yeah, I think the, comment, the interviewer said, you'd be sitting at home tomorrow with a Sunday roast. And Schlen said, yeah. Yeah, of course. Back Steven Gerrard. Yeah, of course. Uh, it's impossible not to watch the games, he said. He said it was a good, it's going to be a good game tomorrow, hopefully, uh, for the neutral. Um, but as I said, mate, we've just got to focus on ourselves. As much as and difficult as it is, obviously you're always going to look at the fixtures and the results. But if Liverpool do our job till now at the end of the season, it'll go unbeaten. It'll be mad. It'll be a long run. Um, game by game. Take one game at a time. And I know it's boring, but We've got to do that. Um, the manager talk, uh, but we'll be league title winners if we can continue playing the way we have done over the last couple of weeks. 12, 12 matches unbeaten now in the Premier League, phenomenal, but we know the job that we need to do. And I won't be relying on Man United. I'd have more faith in Wolves getting a result against Man City than a than certain club in Manchester. Yeah, I don't give a much much of a hope in hell, but you're right to just think about us, think about our our games and the games we've got coming up, Nigel. I don't know if 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 you've looked beyond today's game or not. We've got Inter Milan on Tuesday in the return leg. Of course, we're two 0 up. Uh, then we've got Brighton away. Very difficult. They were brilliant today. I saw them, even though they lost to Newcastle, they were excellent in the second half, pushing, pushing, pushing. Uh, Kukurea is, is some player and, and Trossard as well. They've got some real dangerous players. So that's going to be tough next week away. And then we're away to Arsenal um, before the FA Cup quarterfinal. So just into Brighton and Arsenal. I mean, poof. 
can you imagine three three wins out of those three? Of course, you can imagine it, but I mean, how likely is it to get three wins from those three toughies? We're going to have to play well, but I think we will. I heard a comment a couple of weeks ago. Um, teams turn up at the Etihad. This this thing about uh, teams turn up at the Etihad being already beaten. I don't think that's the situation at all. Teams turn up at the Etihad and, Etihad and just look around and go, mm, not a bad looking stadium. Nobody here though. Uh, they come to Anfield and they're inspired by the history, by the crowd. I know I heard a few places today that the atmosphere wasn't great, but somebody said a couple of weeks ago, I can't remember where it was. I think it was on another podcast. They just said that our atmosphere and our history and our basically our culture inspires teams. So it's I, a I great think I, point. Mm, yeah, I thought so, it was. So, I thought so. it was. So yeah, I mean, that's a really great point. So yeah, they, I mean, they're they're more up for it at Liverpool because it's uh, you know it's more prestigious to go there, whereas they're, they're just sort of whatever about going to the Etihad. That's a really interesting idea, absolutely. But uh, you know, do you think we can, Nigel? I mean, you know, Inter first, you know, in the next in the next game, I mean, we're, we're two 0 up. We're at Anfield. Yep. Our only danger is complacency, maybe. Don't think so. I don't think that. I don't think we can be. Or we'd be complacent. I think we'll go out and try and do a job. Hopefully, we can, if we score early, Inter seemed to lack a bit of firepower the last day we played them. The guy up front looked okay, but he seemed to lack a finish. Um, they, they brought on like Sanchez second half, and he looked okay and had a chance maybe or two. But it's it's like it's like Porto down the the last few years we played them. Like they had Diaz on the wing, and they had that guy up front. I can't remember his name, but he missed two or three absolute sitters against us, and we go up and score. It's just it's 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 back to that thing again. Our strikers take chances. They score. If if you get a chance against Liverpool, you've got to score. There's more more likely we miss chances today. They miss chances today, but we managed to take one. Yeah, it's interesting that 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 does make the difference. Of course, yeah, that's absolutely brilliant. Yeah, I mean, since since we played them last, Jack, I mean, you know, it seems like ages ago that since we went to the San Siro and won two nil. In fact, it was it was February the sixteenth, a couple of weeks ago. Um, Inter have played four matches in Italy. They lost to Sassuolo, 2-0 at home after losing to us, 2-0. Then they drew away at Genoa, uh, 0-0. Then they drew uh, the Milan derby in the Coppa Italia semi-final leg one of two. They drew that 0-0. Um, but then in the last game, they won 5-0 against uh, Salernitana with a Salernitana, excuse me, with a loud... Taro Martinez hat trick and two from Jacko. I mean, you know, with Martinez and Jacko, we can't take this lightly, Jack. Uh, Camley, what do you what do you think of Tuesday? I'm excited, mate. So lucky enough to be going. Um, it, it's it the Anfield atmosphere is going to be mad. I think all the Reds around the world to be glued, all eyes to be on it. We've got to, as we've already alluded to, the, the job is not done. Obviously, we've got two goals, but I think it's very similar to the, the league on, mate. I, I know. No disrespect to the city, app, but I think similar to when PSG play their European games, the speed of the Italian league is a million miles away from where the Premier League is. We've seen always come up against the second string sides at the San Siro in the group stages with Liverpool, and we absolutely took them apart, and we still won. Now Phillips, Zlatan still sliding in the, in the back of the goal, um, but we, <laughs> yeah, we, we, yeah, we we've got enough quality to to very much. Put them to the sword, and it'd be a classic European night under the lights, mate. And we want to cement our place in the next rounds of the the Champions League. We want to be greedy. We want to win everything. Um, but this Liverpool side is very special, and we all know. I'm just so blessed to watch them week in, week out. Even if they don't play well, they win. That's the most important thing, mate. But yeah, bring on your internationally, as they say. And, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Bring them on, indeed, indeed. But then beyond that, yeah, Brighton away, as I mentioned, Nigel, does it does it scare you, Brighton, with with br- the brilliant Graham Potter and his his tactics, the home crowd? Does it does it scare you? Is that got you know? Is it the the yellowest of banana skins? Um, it doesn't scare me. No, I, I think we can beat anybody on our day. Um, it doesn't scare me at all. Uh, I think if they're going to up their game, we just have to up our game. We we've got. Basically, on paper, we've got better players than they have. They've got a good team, great togetherness, but so do we. I think we'll win. That's great. That's great. And then uh, beyond that, uh, Arsenal, Nigel, staying with you. Arsenal away. They're on good. They're in good form. Arsenal. I, I don't know their their latest results, but they're 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 favourites for, for for nicking fourth. I'll just bring up some of their 
some of their recent matches. I mean, they they beat uh, Wolves 2-1. They beat Brentford 2-1. Uh, they beat Wolves again. Okay. Uh, 1-0 away. Um, they uh, drew with Burnley 0-0. And that's going back to January the 20th. So, I don't know, like, where are all their matches? They've hardly played since they drew with us 0-0 in the semi-final. Sorry, since losing to us <laughs> Two nil. Let's talk about that match. Uh, in the return match on the on the twentieth of January, they've only played one, two, three, four matches since then. Wow. Uh, so I mean, are they going to be you know newly energised and ready for that top four uh, battle? You know, again, I mean, I'm I'm terrible for like you know worrying. I'm a fretter, Nigel. I fret oh. like a, a Stratocaster. Uh, but how are you? You 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 calm about the uh, the, the uh, Arsenal match as well? I, I I'll be calm until the game starts. Yeah, and um, just go back to your point there before. <laughs> um, you mentioned you mentioned Salernitana. There's a mm-hmm. little Liverpool connection to that. Rigobert Song yeah. used to play for them. Ah, great yeah. one. He, nice. he, went, he went to Salernitana. Yeah, he went to them after he left Liverpool. I think maybe after who he left after that. But anyway, back to Arsenal. Um, I think they like backbone. I think they lack backbone and they got a walking yellow card in the middle of the field. Xhaka. Oh, I hope he um, plays. He might not be playing for long. Um, he's a walking card. He's just, he's, oh God, he's, he's a good player. He plays an awful lot better for, for Swiss, Switzerland than he does for Arsenal. He just does silly, silly things. I think Ramsdale is massively overrated in goal. Massively overrated. He makes, like, somebody hit a shot. One of our lads hit a shot and he was jumping and palming it up into the air. Ali would have stood there and caught it. Yeah. He would have caught the thing, you know, television saves. Yeah. Just, yeah. I think he's massively overrated. A bit like uh, dinosaur arms at, at Everton. <laughs> Aim for the corners. He won't get it. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, that's good. That's making me feel better. That's making me feel better. Um, Brighton and Arsenal, Jack, uh, before we before we wrap up, what do, what do you make of those, you know, beyond Inter? As I said, revenge tour, mate. We beat West Ham, beat Leicester. Um, in the in the cup competitions as well, and um, and that's one of the most frustrating results this season. That roar at home to Brighton, we dominated that game, and it was very sloppy. Another one of those games that could have been like the day, very sloppy. Two, well, they got a goal just before our time, and then they come out and presume a bloody had one of the games of his his season. Um, but fully expect, hopefully, uh, Burnley a couple of weeks. It was last week went to. The Britannia, not the Britannia, that's bloody still, uh, Brighton Stadium anyway, uh, and got a result. Not going to be easy, but Brighton play the way you want a team to play, open open, and it allows Salah and Mane and Diaz. Uh, I don't think they played as a player like Diaz all season, um, but I'm excited, mate. And I'm fully, it's, it's not an arrogance, I think, all of us, when we go into a game, we just... We know our team's good and, and the players are good enough to get the results over the line. You guys are great. You 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 filled me with optimism where where once there were there was an element of doubt that has now been uh you know like uh, whatever the word with alchemy turned into turned into a, the, a golden nugget of hope. So thank you very much, Jack. It's been an absolute pleasure. And, and Nigel as well, it's been so nice talking to you. Thank you for the people joining us on YouTube. And thank you for everybody listening uh, around the world on the audio podcast version. Um, it's a real, real pleasure that, you know, to make this uh, for you. So thank you very much, Nigel and Jack. Take care, guys. And, and thanks to the listeners and everybody. Uh, we'll see you soon. You'll never walk alone. Three points in the bag. Three points behind City. And uh, it's on. It's on.